Well, walk me through. So imagine, um, first off, your nightmare would be that I would be in your class because I'd be, you know, asking, you'd be like, no, not that guy. Mute him. Mute him. But. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. I am your host, Scott Cowan. I'm introducing myself more for my needs than yours. But today, Crystal Baylor of Moss Tangle Art is sitting here with me. Well, not with me. She's actually sitting comfortably at home and we're talking via the power of the Internet. Crystal, thanks for putting up with the multiple attempts at introductions. Uh, Welcome to the show. Thanks. It's, it's fun. I'm enjoying it already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a little backstory, folks. Full transparency. There was multiple attempts at an introduction and we're just going to go from here. So, Crystal, you, you're you living in Monroe. I keep wanting to say Snohomish, but it's Monroe. And you're a transplant from Alaska down here into Washington State. We've gone over that off, off camera and all that. But how did you start your or your art business. Let's let's just talk about that. First off, give me a little bit about you and then let's talk about what you do creatively. Okay. Well, I um I live in Monroe, like you said, and uh we just I love Washington State. I love hiking, I love the outdoors. And uh one day I a few years ago, I think it was twenty sixteen, maybe twenty seventeen, I can't remember exactly, but I got uh Bought a little wood burning tool and some little wood rounds to, you know, someone was selling them cheap. And I thought, well, it'd be fun to make some, something for the house. And so I burned these little coasters with trees on them because I love trees. And I just did some more because I so enjoyed the process of burning and, you know, trees, you can make all kinds of mistakes and not have to worry too much about it because, you know, trees are not perfect. <laughs> and okay. uh, yeah. And so then I just, I had some friends ask me to make something for their wedding and then more people asked me to make stuff and said they'd pay me to do it. So I just started making things and getting paid. And, um, and then about a year into it, I started teaching classes and, uh, did that for till the beginning of 2020. <laughs> <Where> <laughs> I, right. And lots of classes. I absolutely loved it. I found out actually what I really love, um, is teaching and I love wood burning. The is a wonderful medium and I absolutely love how, um, just it's like meditative and down to earth and, you know, not perfect. You can't, I don't know. I know people who do perfect things like photorealism with their wood burning and that's not me, but I love like the looseness of it. And, uh, so yeah, so then I started teaching and, uh, when 2020 came around, I had to cancel all my classes. I started teaching online through, a um, fantastic, uh, group of people. Um, I don't know if you know about them, Kula cloth. They have I this, do. Yeah. So they started Kula Academy mm-hmm. in like June of 2020. And that's, I was one of their early teachers and I started teaching wood burning classes online. And so done like, I don't know, probably 30 cl- online classes. And now I'm back to doing in-person classes, which is 
fantastic. I'm like so happy to be, yeah, I thought this online thing was pretty cool and I was having fun with it. But then when I started teaching again in person, I remembered how much I loved like just the individual contact with individual people one-on-one watching them, you know, do their art and being able to encourage them and, you know, get my hands in there and show them stuff. And it's, it's a little, it's way easier than online, but online's fun too. So that's, and that's where I'm at. Well, prior to starting this, did you, was this your first artistic venture? I mean, okay, no. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thank you. Because I'm like, Oh wow. We jumped into this pretty fast. it, It was fast. So I actually, I'm not, I've always been like creative and I like to make things and I like to dabble in a lot of stuff. And I'm one of those people with, you know, closets, plural, full of, you know, crafting supplies and paints. And, and, uh, I just love to just make things. And I've done a lot of, a little bit of watercolor. I mean, I took like a watercolor class in college and took a few photography classes. You know, I just kind of, touched on a lot of things, but I've been doing that for a long time. So there's already that kind of that underlying kind of like, uh, love to create things and an ability to, I mean, I've never been able to say, Oh, here's something I'm looking at and then put it down on paper and draw it, watercolor it to make it look exactly like I think it should look. But that's the other, that's why, uh, water, that's why watercolor is such a a great medium too, because it's like, loose and easy, you know, easy to play with. And so I, but, yeah. I can't even take a photograph to make it look like what I'm looking at. I, I'm just, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. somehow I'm like, wow, this looks amazing. And then I take, you know, I take the photo mm-hmm. and I go, this looks nothing like what I just saw. What happened? Yeah. So photography I, was actually my first, um, like little foray into trying to have my own business art business. I, you know, did pr- sold prints and cards okay. uh, for a little while had, you know, started a website, at that point, nothing really came of it because I really didn't spend much time on it. I just took a few pictures and um, gave away a lot of prints as gifts. <laughs> so, right? Yeah, I mean, no. it's it's funny talking to people who have the uh, I'll call it the creative bug. No mm-hmm. matter no matter what their outlet is, whether they're a, a, a chef or a mm-hmm. photographer, wood burner, musician, whatever. Uh, they seem completely compelled to have to create. It's not, it's not an option. It's, it's, it's a, it's a requirement. It's, you can't, um, you can't not do it. Or if you, if you're not doing it, you're not very happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I always appreciate talking, uh, talking with people who have that creative spark. Yeah, it's true. You can't, it's like, um, if, if you don't have a thing that you do, like I found wood burning, it's a thing I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do dabble, still play with other, other art forms. But if you don't, and up until this point, I was like that where I just had all this stuff. You have an arsenal of things because you're, you're wanting to just, what do I feel like today? And you do the thing you feel like doing today. Right. And you know, you want to make something, even if it's like, if it's cooking or baking, I mean, that's creative and that's fun. Right. Uh, for some people, for, for some other people, it's, it's not fun. Right, I mean, let's, right. you know, it, it has to be, you know, you, whatever, whatever right. it is that sparks it for the individual, you have to, right. um, you have to almost, I dare I say you honor it and just, yes. you have to let it, you have to, you know, 
go through it. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. So I have, you know, I always, whenever I talk to people, my brain goes off in lots of different directions. Yeah. And so like, right, you know, and we're just going to, this is actually more of a business question than it is mm -hmm. an artistic creative question, but I'm on your, I'm on your site and I'm looking at your burn boxes. And where are you getting, so I'm looking at the Galaxy Gnomes burn box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a Christmas one. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so I'm looking at that. Oops. I was looking at it. Full <laughs> disclosure. I was, there it goes. So where are you getting all the, the, the rounds and how, how are you making, are you, are you guys fabricating those? Are you buying them in bulk? I mean, where does that come from? Yeah. Well, I would love to fabricate my own on a, you know, but not quite there yet. I do occasionally for like gifts and things mm -hmm. that I can't quite get that nice, perfect round, you know, perfectly uncracked. Um, mm -hmm. but now I order, so I just get them from different places, mostly okay. online sources and local. Like I just got a batch of cutting boards from, uh, someone in cashmere who cut the, you know, cut them for me and made them just right. Someday. Oh, is, that, is that what we were talking? Let me just interrupt. Was that what we were talking about the other day when you, when you journeyed drove, across and yeah, I drove over the, the pass. Yeah. For the so 30 you, minutes that it was open. <laughs> you risked life and limb to get I cutting sure boards. I did so that I could There's teach a dedication. class. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just get them from different places and I try to buy in bulk when I can, like for the mm -hmm. burn boxes, definitely. Those are, um, most of the rounds that I use are Aspen. Uh, okay. just, it's a nice kind of light colored, interesting, softer hardwood that allows you to, um, to burn. It burns nice and smooth, you know, and like, I mean, we could go off about wood, you know, we could go all kinds of directions. Well, with that, we, so let's actually, we, we can do that. That'd be kind yeah, of fun yeah. for me. So we'll come back to the specific of the wood here. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. The instrument that we're using. Yes. Or not we, because mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to play with fire. <laughs> what, what is the instrument? What, what is it and how does it Okay. So yeah. that's a wood, it's a wood burning tool. And, okay. uh, the one that I use for classes and for my kits, uh, that's like the kind of the, I say budget, it, it's a good starter tool. So okay. uh, it's like you can spend 15, 30 bucks somewhere in there and get, you know, nowadays probably more like $35 to get, um, just a basic tool. Uh, the one that I use, I like to put in my kits and I use for my classes has temperature adjustment. And basically it's got a, uh, it's like a pen and it has a, for the beginner tool, it has like a solid tip, solid brass tip that screws in and gets okay. really hot and hot enough to burn wood. And so you use But that. not too hot, not too hot to it you doesn't know. ignite in flames. Right. 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 I, I mean, right. It, it, I'm sure there's ways, but I haven't tried to do that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so that tool that's in, so I like to use that because it's like a, it's a basic, it's the tool I learned on. It's the first tool mm -hmm. I used. I did a, a fair amount of business with that tool. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is harder to use than, uh, the more advanced tools, uh, but it's cheaper. So if you're just dabbling, you want to try it, you want to check it out. It's a great tool. And then uh, what I use for my own art, uh, primarily, because I sometimes still go back to the solid tip, is what we call wire tip burners. And those are a pen uh, where the heat source is outside of the pen. So it's just a nice little shape. It's just like a pencil. It's like a fat marker, you know, not even okay. a fat marker. And it has a wire 
that heats up and the wires can be shaped in different ways so oh. that you can use them for different types. So it's like, it's like different nibs on a, let's say a calligraphy pen, right? So okay. you have different shapes to make different uh, strokes occur okay. as you, as you burn. And um, those are more expensive, but you can get them for, you know, 100, 110, 120 bucks. You can get a decent starter, one of those. And I would, and I recommend those for people who, you know, maybe think they might want to do more. Maybe they're going to spend a, do a bunch of Christmas gifts. And so they're going to mm -hmm. end up saving money because they only paid a hundred dollars for, you know, for a nice tool and then made gifts for 15 people or whatever. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it just depends, but those more professional burners are, they, they're game. It's a game changer. If anybody wants to do it as a business for sure. Yeah. So the tips are adjustable. Yeah. So but the, we're not adjusting them when they're hot, are we? No, no. So, <laughs> so you, uh, the wire tip burner. Okay. So here's, here's a big difference. The, the solid okay. tip burners, they take about five, a good five to 10 minutes to get hot. Right. Okay. And so, cause it, the, the heat source is in the pen itself okay. and it war it heats up like this, you know, kind of pencil sized shaft. And okay. then that gets the tip, the brass tip hot and the brass heats up and cools down a little faster, but, mm -hmm. uh, the tool itself in order to get to full temperature, takes a little while. And so if okay. you want to change out your tips and you have to wait, <sighs> whatever, 10 minutes to, for your tip to get pen, to get cool enough so you can unscrew the tip and put it back in. There are ways around that. It does. I do change them when they're hot. It's just not best practice, right? right? Whereas the wire tip burners, they cool off like within seconds. They heat up oh. in seconds. They cool off in seconds. Another reason they're super awesome if you're uh, doing this, um, if you're doing a lot of wood burning because you can just uh, change out your pen. I mean, you literally unplug the pen from the wire and put a new pen in. So those oh. are, right? And then there's also ones that you can unscrew the tip the little wire tip and switch it out that's a little more work but you know and those those pens are like anywhere from like 15 to 30 dollars a piece so you don't you know you're not gonna have well i have a lot but that's because <laughs> i you know it's like anybody who's into something right if you have a hobby you're you're like looking at the latest tools and the latest fun things mm -hmm. to try and you mm -hmm. know I, I have probably 10 or 12 Guilty Right. What's that? Guilt, guilty as charged. Yes. Yes. So, mm -hmm. you know, so I have a lot, but yeah, they're, and they, those are really fun to use because you can switch things out and you, know, you can do a tip that cuts or a tip that is round and you can do dots. And so there's all kinds of fun ways to, to use those. Yeah. I'm, I'm on your site and I'm actually looking at a class, an upcoming class that I think mm -hmm. uh, is your cutting board class. Yep. We have and a couple, sure, two of those. Mm. Yeah. The, um, we have a, a friend and uh, one, and he's a musician. And mm -hmm. one night they were playing in uh, Lake Chelan and uh, the winery had a, a, a charcuterie board and he kept calling it a Sean Connery board. Sean Con oh, that works. Sean, I like that. Sean Connery. And, <laughs> you know, and doing his best, you know, Saturday Night Live ripoff of Sean Connery, which I can't do. But it was so every time I see the word now, I just start, I want to say Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. Just, I know, just, just, yeah. 
that's Sean actually Connery. a good way to remember how to pronounce it because yeah, the, the emphasis is on the right you know syllables and you can kind of go Sean Connery charcuterie yeah pretty good so, I like it <laughs> so let's let's talk about let's talk about this class in, in because I you know so questions I have about it is mm-hmm. so you you offer it in a couple of uh, different ways that you've got yeah. just just instruction only mm-hmm. or the supplies and no tool and then mm-hmm. supplies and the tool right and yeah, then that, I have to have other I have to have other to, I have to have other supplies I, I would be like I'm not allowed to use scissors either so I couldn't I couldn't right. I'm, I'm kind of kidding right. but I do want to know so I'm going to read this just for mm-hmm. those that can't yeah. read along with me because it's an audio show mm-hmm. additional items you'll need for the class ballpoint pen or embossing tool mm-hmm. scissors needle nose pliers small ceramic dish yeah you want me to explain why, that why a small <laughs> okay so that's dish. the because we have a two-hour class and we don't okay. have time to wait for our pens to cool down between switching pens so the pen's hot when you use the needle nose pliers to twist off the pen and i teach how to do that so you don't break your tip and okay. drop it on that ceramic dish because you don't want to put it on your tabletop or whatever it is that you're burning on. Well, you can customize your tabletop. You could, if you had a metal table or, you know, something like that, that's heat resistant. If you had a wood table and you didn't care if you had burn marks on it, you could do that too. Right. So those are just things like I don't uh, provide for the class because typically people have them already. And when I do the online classes, I try to keep it, I'm trying to make it as accessible as possible. Sure. So, um, and I've, since I've done a lot of classes, there's many people who like to take the class and already have tools because they've taken a class from you before. So they, you know, so we have that DIY option. They have, yep. So they already have wood. They already have. They know what they're in for with me and they show up and it's awesome. And then, you know, if you don't, as you're brand new and you've never done this before and you want all that stuff, then I send you all that stuff too. So, That's very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Once again, you know, this is where I poke fun at myself for what I see and I, I don't need to disclose this, but I'm, I'm reading about what's included. And I thought it said wasabi tape. And I'm like, why are you sending wasabi tape? <laughs> washi tape. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A washi tape. Anyway, but I thought yeah. my, my brain went wasabi. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that's just a fun version of a small. It's a, it's an easy to find small roll of masking tape that's cute. So uh, it works. Well, walk me it. through. So imagine, um, first off, your nightmare would be that I would be in your class because mm-hmm. I'd be you know asking you'd be like, no, not that guy. Mute him. Mute him. <laughs> but walk me through the process of, you know, how and it can, this can be for anything. I'm just in mm-hmm. front of the cutting board one, mm-hmm. but what what steps does one take to get the artwork i mean you're just not free form i mean some people might be but if i were my first time you you wouldn't want me you know free forming up with a hot item right, on wood right, right. so how does that process work okay so um i do love it when people draw their own artwork and that's that's uh, goes without saying but for people who don't have ideas or afraid to try, or this is their first time and they just aren't confident enough. Um, then I provide, I typically provide a couple of sometimes just one design because we're all going to do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's usually, it's something I've drawn and, um, I prepare it 
you know, electronically. So then I can just copy it. Um, and then, uh, I mail it. If I'm providing a kit, I mail it. Yeah, it's printed on a piece of paper and I mail it with the kit and then uh, okay. other people can download. So like my website has downloads for designs so they could pick a design from there if they want, download it, print it. And okay. then what we do is we cut out the, the design kind of loosely. So it, you can see where you want to put it on the wood and kind of get an idea of where it's going to go. And then we just tape that to the wood. So it's, so we're looking at the little drawing, taped it to the wood, and then we slide this transfer paper, carbon paper, graphite paper, underneath, and we just trace over. So basically, I have a friend who says this all the time, if you can trace, you can do this. So you just trace the lines that are on the design and take it off, and voila, you have a little pencil drawing on your piece of wood, and then you use that to... Uh, use the heat of your tool to trace okay. those lines. Yeah, that's it. It's okay. pretty simple. That is pretty straightforward, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. as as much as I'm going to give myself a hard time because you know I wouldn't be able to. I I'd be the one at the end of the class saying, "Look at what I did," and you're like, "That looks nothing like what we had planned." But okay, thank you, Scott. Have a nice day. Actually, those are my favorite. Those are my favorite pieces. <laughs> the ones that don't look like anything we had planned. Like, <laughs> hmm. Well, that's actually, that's actually very cool. And, and even though this, this, this episode is about you, I I think I would be, as I'm moving, sorry, I'm moving mouse, my mice around for one of my two computers, realizing that my iPad doesn't have the mouse hooked up to it. Um, Let's, let's for a second, let's talk about the, the Kula cloth and their, their, their academy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or the Kula, the Kula Academy. Yeah, let's do. How did you how did you get involved with them? And for our audience that may not know that much about them, could you mind giving a little yeah. bit of an overview? Yeah, yeah. So, um okay. a Kula cloth is um it's a pea cloth. So yep. basically, it's for uh especially I mean it can be used by anyone, but it was, you know, specifically it's nice for women and uh you pee in the woods or anywhere there's no toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just is your wiping it's, and it's mm-hmm. made with, um, an antimicrobial, uh, fabric on one side and waterproof fabric on the other side. So your hands stay dry. It has, uh, a little snap, uh, situation. So you can close up the dirty part and uh, hang it from your pack. And it's fun to hang from your pack because it has this beautiful, or fun or goofy artwork on it. And, uh, on we had the, one, we had our logo on one. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a <laughs> yeah. fun, uh, thing. So, uh, 2020, I don't remember uh, at some point, Kula, oops, my ear, <laughs> my earrings are falling out. My earbuds are falling out. <laughs> now, uh, the, uh, they had a contest for a design. So they had a Kula cloth design contest one year and I entered it. Didn't win. No problem. There's a lot of entrants. It's amazing how many people entered and how much beautiful artwork there was. Mm -hmm. Um, But Anastasia, the owner of the, uh, of Kula cloth contacted me because she thought the idea of a wood burned Kula was unique and fun and uh, interesting so what we ended up doing was I made some trophies for that contest. 
So I made um, Kula shaped, so square shape, mm -hmm. diamond, mm -hmm. uh, and a diamond orientation to uh, just commemorate to for awards for the people who won the contest. So okay, um, and there was like four of them, and it was like you know the winner and is and it was done with like mountain, you know, my designs, and so now we mm -hmm. have these wood, like actual wood, you know, half inch thick. <laughs> square piece of wood uh with a kula design and then uh she at some point we were both like well then we have to now we have to make a kula cloth with wood burned art and so i'd done a couple i've made a couple designs for kula and uh you know it's just been there's there's such a warm and welcoming i mean anastasia everyone in that company is just fantastic and they're just so open to just the fun and the creativity and um, yeah. So then in 2020, when, you know, people, the, Kula was trying to come up with that. That's when they came up with Kula Academy uh, mm -hmm. to offer people ways of getting together and doing things and having fun. And, um, so then they, I got a call or an email saying, Hey, would you teach a wood burning class? And well, wait, how would we even do that? And so I said, well, I'll just mail them the supplies and we'll give it a try. I've never done it before, but willing to try so and that's how that started and it was it was fun it is fun to teach online especially when you're getting you know it's a little different because you can't i can't see what you're doing while you're doing it mm -hmm. and so i'm mm -hmm. constantly having to say do you have any questions what are you struggling with and just try to pull that out of people uh and to get them to lift up their little piece of art and show it to a zoom room full of people, right? That's a challenge. Oh, I hadn't so, thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. There's lots of challenges, but I, in so many ways it provided a unique way to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why Kula Academy is still like a huge success is because people are hungry for that interaction. Plus you get to learn stuff from people that you wouldn't because they live too far away, right? They live in Monroe and I'm in New York. Right. Or yeah, I have right. a student or, who comes to, who's been to a few of my classes. She's in Maine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, right. and we never would have, I don't, I don't think we ever would have done this. Well, we wouldn't have, if it hadn't been right. for online and for Kula. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 I was not all that aware of, well, I knew about the Academy, right? Uh, but I wasn't um, uh, aware that they are ha first of all, I wasn't aware that they had a wood burning class, <laughs> but well, just because I don't pay that yeah, close yeah. of attention to be, you know, I, uh, my Kenzie pays more attention to, to Kula than, than I do. Right. They were, they were absolutely wonderful to work with when, um, when we did a, an explore Washington state Kula cloth, I yeah. scratched my head in bewilderment and, um, watched. I was like, wow, this okay, cool. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're, they're just, what they're doing is, is very, very cool. Yeah, and I think that's amazing. awesome. And yeah. I like the fact though, that they're providing a, a platform mm -hmm. that, you know, oh, yeah. an artist like yourself can, can tap into, be exposed to more people than you might be meeting on your own yeah. through their network. And then you, you now you're out sharing your, your, your yeah. art, your craft. Yeah. Uh, well, we others. made, we just started uh, right before Christmas, uh, I started making Kula cloth earrings. So little miniature Kula cloths that are earrings. <laughs> and, you know, I have, 
um, and I've made, I've probably made 60 pairs okay. um, since we started that process in December and they sell out and people love them. And all of a sudden I have all these people who get to see my art and, cause it's not my platform. I mean, yeah, some is my platform, you know, cause I've got a growing yeah. following, you know, but to be able to the generosity that Kula, the Anastasia right. and Kula they're offering uh, with their following, mm -hmm. just, it, it, well, it's yeah. so generous and, wonderful and just love and it. I, yeah. I think that's, I think that's one of the things that's come out of the pandemic is yeah. we all, I don't say we all, but I think a lot of people, how's that? I'll, I'll rephrase it like that. A yeah. lot of people have come up with new or revisited interesting ways of connecting and building community that we yeah. weren't doing uh, in 2018. True. And when I've talked to business owners, there's been, uh, you know, there's this, there's been a lot of business casualties. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, uh, for there's, sure. there's been a lot of that, but there's been a segment of business owners that have adapted and thrived yeah. with new with new methods of delivering their 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 product or their service to to an audience you know just in your world just if you were in Monroe yeah. and I, I might not even be willing to come across Stevens Pass like you did um but if I wanted to take your class I don't know that I would have attended the January 12th class right. you know because mm -hmm. I don't know that I could have or would have driven yeah. across yeah but if it's online, I can be there. So exactly. I think that's, yeah. is it the same? No. But does it allow continuity and community? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think it, it does. does. And I think that's yeah. a really cool thing. Yeah. One of my, a, oh, go ahead. Go, well, actually the question I have is, so when you're teaching these classes, so you and I today, we're, we're looking at each other, like we're sitting across the table drinking coffee mm -hmm. and I, I don't see anything. I'm just seeing you from your shoulders up. Mm -hmm. So when you're teaching a class, how are you able to demonstrate? Do you have like a camera overhead that you're yeah. shooting down with? Yes. So I set okay. up two cameras and okay. I have one for that. I just have it. I just use, it's my, my DSLR and I just mm -hmm. hook it into my, and I love it because I can zoom in with it. And right. I, so I set that up as my workstation and mm -hmm. right there. And then I can, there's, parts of it where I want to be a little further away so you can see the big picture. And then I'll zoom in on some of the detail to mm -hmm. show, because there's certain ways to hold the pen and use the pen to uh, accomplish what you want to accomplish. Right. So, and then I just have uh, my, uh, my laptop cam webcam um, okay. on me, mm -hmm. but typically I just do that at the beginning and the end, the, the headshot, you know, the, the talking head the rest of the, art, right. the rest of the time is right. The rest so of the time is just focused on the artwork. Mm -hmm. So cool. How are you, I mean, from a technical standpoint, how are you accomplishing that using zoom with the multiple cameras? So I just, I log in, um, with two different, Oh, um, okay. I just log in twice. And so that's was, a simple, simple yeah, solution. Yeah. So I just have two cameras. I have two boxes on zoom and one is me mm -hmm. and one is, and then I just highlight the speaker. And right. so then that typically, and so okay. the, the one that's hooked up and I mute the one that I don't want 
you know, because you get the right. feedback. Oh, that's so, yeah. That's that works out great. I was mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out how because I haven't cracked the multiple yeah. cameras with Zoom solution yet. Now yeah. you just gave me a, a workaround. There you go. <laughs> um. Well, you're not just you're not just selling your products through Kula. So let's let's talk about yeah. Um, where are you getting your your inspiration? Uh, okay, so backstory. What you didn't really disclose earlier is that you moved here from Alaska. Mm-hmm. So you moved here because of our warm, sun filled oh, yeah. days. Yes, yes. No rain. Oh wait, you live in Western Washington. Right. <laughs> no, you you moved you you your you you moved down from right. Alaska down to Washington. So where are you getting your your inspiration for projects? Where where is yeah. that coming from? What's your process? Excellent question. So I uh, I have I I love the outdoors. And I've been hiking, backpacking, wandering around the wilderness since I could walk. And, uh, you know, thank, thanks to my parents who brought me up as an outdoorsy person, got me my first backpack when I was five years old. And, uh, yeah, cause I was the oldest, I was not going to be carried anymore. Okay. <laughs> I was going to carry okay. my own stuff at that point. So, <laughs> so yeah, so just it's the outdoors. So I spend a lot of time hiking. Um, I actually love to take people hiking, so I take people hiking with me all the time, you know, as much as I can. But I also hike okay. alone, and it's definitely uh, being outside is what is my inspiration, one hundred percent. You know, the trees, the mountains, the mushrooms, the flowers, everything. Yeah. So when you find yourself in a location of that provides you with inspiration mm-hmm. are you documenting it with photography are you sitting down and sketching are you just yeah. looking looking at it and taking a really good mental picture or do you have a solar powered wood burning tool and no just um actually okay what? let's let's go there so i oh. i take pictures i do take pictures okay. that's usually what i do i'll take a photograph um sometimes i'll i always keep a little um uh sketch pad and actually i watercolors in my backpack. And so I, sometimes I'll paint, sometimes I'll draw. Um, and, uh, but mostly it's just, I take a picture of something that's inspiring to me and then I take it home and I'll, you know, I won't, I usually don't copy it, but it's like a, sometimes I do. Sometimes I'll be like, wow, that mountain's perfect. And I'll actually trace it and it'll go on a piece of art. But, uh, mostly I just draw kind of how it makes me feel. And so mm-hmm. I'll sketch that out. And so sometimes that's just the trees and maybe the, and then the background sky will be something totally out of my imagination or whatever. So okay. there's just different ways. Okay. And actually I have a little battery operated generator that weighs probably only weighs about three or four pounds. Not a problem. Put it in my backpack. My wood burning tool weighs maybe a pound and some pieces of wood and I can burn outside. Sure. <laughs> oh my God. I would not have, I would not have envisioned. It's, well, that. probably okay. not a good idea in July. Uh, yeah, probably <laughs> not, but okay. Right. But you know, the idea, it, yeah, it's a it, wood burning is more of like a kind of a cozy indoor activity, really. You know, you're, it's warm. It's you smell the wood smoke and, you know, it's more of a, it, it's not so much a, like an adventure art, you know, like something okay. you, but it's fun to take it out there and do that for fun. But 
since I work from photographs and drawings, I don't need to be, it's not, there's no plein air wood burning going on. (laughs) Okay. Where do you, what areas have you found in Washington that you like to go hiking? I like to everywhere. I like everywhere. So I live in Monroe, so I am close to, and even the Snohomish, I was close, uh, Mountain Loop Highway, hikes Mm -hmm. all up and down there. I just absolutely love. And then of course, uh, Stevens Pass Highway with Skycomish and all the mountains through there, Alpine Lakes, you know, Leavenworth, you know, who doesn't love, well, who doesn't love the enchantments if we can get there, you know, it's everywhere. I, I, the mountains. Have you, have you ever gotten a pass to go through? Not to- a, not a backpack. And I apply every year. Nope. Haven't gotten the one that lottery yet. I've through hiked okay. it. I through hiked it last year and okay. you know, I, I would love to backpack it because then you can just meander and spend a lot of time soaking it all in. If you're going to try to do it in a day, it's, you just, you got to keep moving. And so it's, it's still a lot of beauty and you could take it in, but it's way better if you could take some days to do it. We've had, we've had some guests on that have have done the enchantments before Mm -hmm. and early on in the, in in the show. uh, One of my friends, I, I, Mm coerced him to be a guest on and he's he's summited Rainier and we were talking about and so we were talking about where's his favorite places to hike and so he was telling me you know the enchantments is one of the things and he had Mm -hmm. his friends had won the lottery and they invited Mm -hmm. him along and Mm -hmm. uh but he was telling me about there was this this part and I'm going to butcher it but there was this they saw a bear Mm -hmm. okay and I said well were you worried he goes no because there was a guy over there in skinny jeans and Chuck Taylors and I just had to run faster than him and it was just this it was just the way he said it i was just like oh my gosh you know it yeah. was just he was so like, i just had to run faster than the guy in skinny jeans and i'm okay um that's funny no the enchantments every photograph i've ever seen from the enchantments yeah. has been you know jaw-dropping it is it, it then, is what it is that's right so i so i have a a, a question or quiz question for mm-hmm. you um the rocks that are in the enchantments yes right the rock mm-hmm. where are they from where are they from mm-hmm. like how where are they, they formed or how are they well, yeah, but where do they originate? I have no idea. From there, yeah, they I'd... originate from there, as far as I can no, tell. No, actually, where do they not. come from? Actually, Baja California. Those rocks, if yes, don't trust me. Uh, well, don't trust me. Trust Professor Nick Zentner from Central Washington University. He was a guest on, and we're talking. You know, <laughs> we're talking about. No, I'm not kidding you. Go episode. Okay. Go listen I'll to the episode. It it, I'll, I'll, and I will. He, and he's he's legit. I mean, the man is, mm-hmm. the man has okay. a PBS TV show. No, the, so when you think about it, the historically. Okay. Uh, the earth is cooled and the, mm-hmm. cru- the plates have shifted. And all that, okay. Right? And so over millions of years, rock has been moved. So we're, t- so I'm having this conversation okay. with, 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 with professor mm-hmm. Zetner and I'm, I'm paying attention, and but it's rocks. I don't, I don't right. know much yeah. about rocks. Okay. I took, you know, I took geology 101 in college because well, it just, because it was easy, but it was also kind of interesting. But anyway, so he's telling me this and he goes, yeah. And so because of the, the they can uh, tag, um, they can, they can look at a rock and tell where it was formed by its latitude and longitude. Thank you. Words are hard today. Based so, on molecular yeah, those, tags. Yep. Okay. Those those rocks awesome. started. Yeah. And, and I was just like, kind of like you just now. Just I was like, no, no, come on. And no, the, the, those rocks go all the way 
they have gone from basically Baja, California, what we know as Baja, California, yep. up into British Columbia. You know, it's interesting because, you know, the earth is, we think it's solid and it's not. <laughs> no, it actually no, not. is not, right? No. So if, you know, things move and if you give it enough time, no. they're going to move. <laughs> right. So, right. I mean, in our lifetime, it's always been there. Right. But when yeah. you think back millions of years. Good, good. I like anyway. that. That's a good one. That's really so, good. So there you there, Yeah. It was ah. just like, okay. Cool. Well, I like the fact that you're getting out and you know, yeah. you're finding inspiration mm -hmm. in your hikes and all of that mm -hmm. in Washington, since you're a relative newcomer mm -hmm. to our, yeah. our, to our state, are there places in the state that you haven't been that you want to go to? Uh, I would like to do some more, spend more time in Eastern Washington. I spend a lot of time on the West side. I've been to mm -hmm. Olympic Peninsula a few times. Oh, beautiful. Um, and I've been to Southeast. So Walla Walla, you know, and driven mm -hmm. through there and I've been up to Chelan, but I haven't mm -hmm. been like Northeast. I haven't, well, I haven't been to Spokane as an adult. I've been there when I was okay. younger, but uh, as an adult, I haven't visited there and I'd love to, you know, explore more, spend some more time in the mountain. You know, I've been to Rainier a few times, but I'd like to spend more time there, get to know it a little more, you know, same right. with, same with some of the others. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Spokane's Spokane's a great, yeah. Great city. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I just, I was just listening to the podcast of the dry fly uh, mm -hmm. distillery. Yes. Yeah, that was, I was like, oh, I think I need to make a trip to Spokane. <laughs> so, their, their, so, their, yeah. new, their new location, yeah. I, I never saw the old one, but the okay. new location is, mm -hmm. is, is amazing. Uh, it's a, it's a really cool um, space. What, what we really didn't talk about is that, so it, their new, their new space is in one of the old printing uh, oh. press locations for the spokesman. Uh, Spokane spokesman. Oh, that's view. cool. But it has the, it has, you know, floor to ceiling windows that look out over downtown Spokane. Wow. So it's, it's this open light space. It's not like a warehouse. It's, yeah. it's this open bright mm -hmm. light space. It's very cool. And one of the things that they do, that I think is, is quite interesting is that they, they like to locally source everything. So yeah. that's kind of, you know, kind of a very, very cool thing. Mm -hmm. Um, also, I would I would encourage you if you haven't been to Palouse Falls that going going yes. to see Palouse Falls yes. is, is a is a that's must. That's on my see. list. Yep, that's on my yeah, list of places to see. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. you know, or if you haven't been down to the Columbia Gorge, yes, been there, um, been down there, and I love okay. it. We've yeah. we've done yeah. a few trips down there, and yeah, Jerver. that's just yeah. you know, this state has a, a an embarrassment of opportunities. I, I yeah. I've lived here all my life, and yeah. I haven't been. Lots and lots of places. Well, <laughs> so many. I mean, I've been to so few comparatively. Right. Well, and that's to, the thing. You know, we we knew we loved Washington. I had no idea how much there was here. It just and like just yes, just yesterday. No, yesterday, Saturday. I went snowshoeing up at Artist Point with um, well, with a group from Kula actually, and okay. you know, Artist Point, Mount Baker, and mm -hmm. just like the whole time I'm walking through we're hiking and, and the mountains are out. It's kind of a relatively clear day, which is incredible. And I just mm -hmm. can't get over how beautiful this state is, yeah. you know, even, even in, uh, on the drier side, you know, I walk, I do a lot of walks in, uh, hikes, um, the Wenatchee area, Leavenworth mm -hmm. area. 
And then you're all of a sudden you're in these, you're in pine trees and a whole different, just like driving over the pass. It's, you know, cedars and moss and waterfalls and just this like dreamy kind of thing. And then you get all of a sudden, boom, you're over the pass and it's, you know, pine trees and pine cones and cool plants. And it's just, mm-hmm. and the river, the Wenatchee river and just, ah, uh, I love this state. I, I'm so glad we're here. <laughs> we're here to yeah, stay. No, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. So to kind of give you a, this, we were talking about professor Zentner. Yeah. So this was really early on in the, uh, in the show. And I, not that I know what I'm doing now, but I really didn't know what I was doing then. And he was gracious enough to be on. And one of the things I've learned now is like, we have that phone call before we do a show. Yeah. So we at least you know, break the ice. Mm-hmm. Well, with him, it was by email and we, we get on. And so it's like, well, hello, well, hello. Okay, let's go. He's like, let's go. And so I had like no prep, just boom, hit the record button. He wanted to go. And he was a, he was, cause he's done this so many yeah, times, yeah. right? Cause he yeah. has his own YouTube channel right. and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but he was great. But, but what was really interesting was the night before we recorded this. So he's in Ellensburg and I'm in Wenatchee. Okay. And yeah. in Wenatchee, there's this place called Saddle Rock that people like to mm-hmm. hike up to. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, okay. It's kind of the iconic thing here in Wenatchee. He hiked Saddle Rock the night before. And I watched because he was live streaming it. Oh, okay. He had a thousand people watching him hike Saddle Rock. Okay. And he's talking the entire way up. I mean, he's giving a lecture. And I'm just thinking that I'd be the dead guy on the side of the path curled up in the fetal position. But yeah, he's this guy. And so he makes he makes learning about the state Mm -hmm. just really really interesting yeah i'll have to and, look him up yeah, so, wow yeah. yeah if you haven't if you Exciting. haven't seen him you'll, yeah. you'll you'll i think you'll enjoy mm-hmm. him a lot and he'll inspire you to go see other yeah other areas that you haven't journeyed to yet like maybe like banks lake haven't been there yet that's yep that's on the that's yep. that's surreal looking it does not look like washington state yeah. it kind of looks like you've gone back to prehistoric times wow yeah i'll have to check that out that's awesome um, so well with all these travels i'm gonna make an assumption and I make this assumption about every guest is that you drink coffee. Yeah. Drink coffee. Yes. Well, and see, Alaska is, is also a big coffee state. So. Okay. See, so, <laughs> so where do you, where do you like to go for coffee? Uh, I have a couple favorite places. So my favorite is uh, Nadine's in Everett. It's just a little Nadine's. Yep. It's like okay. a little, it's kind of, it's just a little shop in downtown Everett. And I just love their atmosphere. And it's, it's kind of like a little, 1920s speakeasy style and just very laid back and um and their coffee is delicious and then do you happen to know whose coffee they're serving are they doing their own are they uh oh sorry folks she doesn't know (laughs) that unfortunately i'm not that much of a coffee connoisseur uh but actually so for us our we i uh we brew our own espresso in our home you know for our coffee Mm -hmm. our personal coffee at home and we get coffee from uh uh, Vista Clara, the coffee. So that used to, he used to, uh, be one of the guys with Seattle's best coffee. Um, mm-hmm. and so Snohomish, he lives in, he's in Snohomish and does okay. a, has a local roastery and that's where we get our espresso. Like my husband orders it, 
ahead of time and he goes and he drives to Snohomish because we used to live, you know, we lived there right. and he would be down right. there to go shopping or go to the gym and he'd just stop by and we'd pick up our coffee. And, um, but yeah, so that's, you know, but otherwise I'm not really super familiar with the different yeah. roasteries. So, yeah. There's a, I can't think of the name of the place. An interesting little coffee shop in, in Monroe in a strip mall over by Fred Meyer. Yes. Is um, that uh, Venaccio's? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I used to, I get, so when I, here's a little backstory to that. I worked, I used to work at Providence uh, okay. as a nurse. So the clinic parking lot is right next to Venaccio's. So that was okay. my go-to for coffee while I was working. Yeah. So I would, so yeah. I tend to like a darker roasted mm-hmm. coffee. Yeah, me too. And they, I forget which one I, yeah. I bought a bag and it was like, wow, this is like, it's good. yeah, mm-hmm. it was really quite good. And I really, you know, yeah. so when I stop, so part of the reason I ask people where they go for coffee mm-hmm. is so that selfishly when I'm driving mm-hmm. through a town, I know where, cause yeah. I wouldn't necessarily stop at say Nadine's. I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't know, but like now I can um, it's a, go try it out yeah. based on your recommendation. Yeah. And not that it, it doesn't mean like I'll call you up and go, well, I didn't like it, but, but at least it's, it's credibility <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll go, ch- I'll go check it out. Yeah. Um, that's cause that's yeah. kind of my, um, well, if you're in Snohomish, my favorite place, place is proper Joe and they do, they roast their own coffee mm-hmm. and that's a very good coffee shop too. I, I like that name. Yeah. Did you ever try, um, Oh, what's the other name of the place in Everett? Um, I don't know a lot of places in Everett. All right, never mind. Okay, just um, not Starbucks. Oh, was I supposed to say stuff? Should I not say that? Yeah, you can. It's okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't. So I have. I have. Okay. So the other question I love to ask guests are, you know, like, so when you're out and about, where's a good place to get something to eat? Oh. Uh, okay. So my current favorite place in Snohomish is Krista's Sandwich Board. They have okay. delicious sandwiches and soup and salads. I'm a very casual, we're, we're casual mm-hmm. eaters. You know, we sure. like Thai food and we like you know Mexican and uh, we have yet to find a Chinese restaurant that we like. So if you hear of anyone, let me know. <laughs> in Seattle. Yeah. There, yeah. There's lots of we've been to, I, yes. I, we've been to Seattle and we've, we've had that, yeah. you know, I, I've had my kids live there. So we've done right. a few places in Seattle, but yeah regretfully in my opinion the best chinese in wenatchee is at panda express okay that says a lot yeah <laughs> and just we're that's something in this community is in my opinion lacking yeah yeah it is it is and you know we had that problem in alaska too um we, we lived on the east coast for a while and that's we were spoiled for that kind of stuff and seattle's got amazing yeah seattle, seattle does yeah it is good seattle has a lot of really great things going for it um yeah, so I'm all about coffee. So to come to where I was going with the food thing. So my goal when I travel is that I don't eat anywhere that I can eat at home. Right. Yes. That's my goal. Right. Mm-hmm. The only place that gets a pass is Starbucks. Right. And it's because a couple of reasons. Number one, they have clean bathrooms. It's true. Nine times out of ten, their bathrooms it's are clean. It's true. And 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 then the other thing is is that I know when I order, because uh, I just drink black coffee primarily. Right. Um. Or if I order a nitro cold, nitro cold brew, mm-hmm. they're going to be predictably. That's true. What they are, and that that is the versus, thing. Mm-hmm. Versus going up to XYZ. Oh yeah. 
espresso stand. So espresso stands don't normally work for me because I'm not drinking a latte or anything. So Americanos are hit or miss sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Starbucks gets the pass. Um, and I used to work for them. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I, they're, they've got a great, obviously great business model and you know, it's just, I like to, for me, it's more, I just, I like to support local people. And absolutely. for me, it's absolutely. like, if, if we're on a road trip and we're driving and Starbucks is what they're, it is predictable. So we'll go there. And sometimes though, mm-hmm. it's really fun to try those little local places because then you find something, you know, you find a little right. treasure. I mean, you might, you're taking a risk, but you find a little treasure and yeah, we, my husband always gets an Americano every single time. Mm-hmm pretty much. And so, you know, we always get to try that out and you, you can really taste their coffee when you drink an Americano. Yes, you can. <laughs> so. Yes, you can. And, 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 or the, the water that's not necessarily right. that great that's either. True. So yeah. that's kind of where my like, yeah. Yeah. Consistently. I, I ask people to share with us a, a failure. So I'll frame it like this for you in your word burning. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have an idea? You're thinking, oh, this will be great. This will work. You know, I'm going to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it just failed. Yeah, actually. So <laughs> I had a few of those, but okay. one that stands out is I thought that making coasters would be like a thing. Like people would really like just little sets. Cause actually, the first person who ordered a, a, custom order for me they wanted four coasters and we did the mountains we did four of the uh washington volcanoes right so that was a fun okay that was a fun project and um so that was over and i was like you know that's a really good idea i could do trees i could do mountains i could do custom ones i could put names on them you know it would be a blast and um people do like coasters but they don't want to pay what it takes me to make a coaster. (laughs) So, I mean, in general, so they just never, they've just never sold. So, and I can, which is fine. I give them away as gifts because I have family that loves our outdoorsy woodburn art. Mm -hmm. So family and friends, and um, I use them myself and I just don't do coasters anymore unless somebody orders a set of course coasters and, you know, they know ahead of time that they're not, you know, I, I just can't charge $5 a coaster, or even $10. It takes me a while depending on the, mm-hmm. the, the art. So isn't that always kind of the artist? It is. Dilemma is, is pricing your, your creativity mm-hmm. so that yeah. it's accessible. Right. Mm-hmm. Until you hit some stage where like you're Chihuly or something. Well, you know, it's just being in the room while they're blowing the glass. Right. Gives right. A, you're willing to pay for that. Premium. Right. 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 Well, you know, um, people, that's like probably one of the biggest questions I get from other wood burners who are starting their businesses mm-hmm. is, um, how I price my stuff and, um, and how I price my classes and, and pricing is one of the biggest questions that I think that, uh, especially artists are really struggle with. Cause it's so it's easy when or easy, relatively easy to say, you know, I put this much money into something and I want this much profit mm-hmm. and I can charge, you know, and I'll charge this much if it's, right. you know, if it's worth it. Whereas with art, it's like, well, how much do I pay myself for my time? 
And mm-hmm. it's not just my time. It's my agonizing and my, <laughs> and my worry and my anxiety and my, and my passion and my energy mm-hmm. and what it takes for me to make something. And artists all, almost always underprice. I, almost. I talk to, mm-hmm. you know, wood burners. I have people come to me like when I'm at like, um, outdoor markets and stuff. And they're like, wow, you're not, mm-hmm. you're not charging enough. And so they're like, yeah, but if I charge you $300 for this piece, are you going to buy it? And they're not. And so it's like, where do you find that, that balance and how much is it worth it? And it, so much of it is like, what's my value. And when you start mm-hmm. asking that question, then it's that, that goes to some pretty dark places for people, right? Like, what am I worth? Am I even worth a $10 coaster? And it's not, and they have to remember, it's not, well, it is your value, but you are, and what you do has value and somebody will pay for it. Hopefully, you know, that's it is. Yeah. That's a, boy. we could, we could have a whole episode on or a series of episodes on, on pricing and value and self-worth and Mm -hmm. the whole psychology of of that's hard doing this stuff. So we're going to skip that. Uh, Sounds just, good. Cause that's a, that's <laughs> just, a tough topic. Yeah. Oh, it, it absolutely, it, it absolutely mm-hmm. is yeah. a, is a very, a very tough topic. Mm-hmm. What's next for you? What, what do you, uh, are you going to start? Do you have any plans? Is there new, new, Besides the Sean Connery boards, I uh, love. I, no. I'm going to use that now. You know, I'm going to use it. That's that's Sean fine. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Chris Jones is the okay. is the gentleman who okay. who's the originator of that. Right. Chris Jones of the Chris Jones band. Okay, I'll have um, to make sure to yeah. give him credit. For yeah, him. give him proper proper credit. <laughs> but so yeah, what's yeah. what? Oh, I know. I uh, but let's go to that. But I do have another question that I should have asked from the very beginning that I completely okay. overlooked. So. What's, what's kind of in the future look like for you? Well, you I, um, I'll keep, I, I want to teach more classes. Uh, I would love to do like, uh, more retreat, uh, uh, kind of retreat type classes. I've done one where I mm-hmm. taught for a group that was in a retreat and that was just, actually, no, I've done two retreat classes and those were just so, um, I just love getting to know the people individually a little more than just, you know. Okay hurry up and do the thing. Um, I would like to, I'm recording, uh, courses like YouTube. I have, mm-hmm. I have a little bit on YouTube right now. And of course okay. all my, like my burn boxes all come with access to YouTube tutorials. And so I'm going to do more of that and, um, offer more, um, you know, just education about wood burning. And then even as time goes on about trying to do it as a business, you know? Okay. So okay. that that's kind of in my future. And someday I'd like to, to maybe do, well, definitely would like to kind of be more involved in like art um, exhibitions and shows. And, okay. you know, I mean, I, I took me till about a year and a half ago to call myself an artist. Right. So that, that was a lot to get over. And I feel like I'm getting to the point where I can say, I'll take my art and I can submit it for like juried art shows and um, okay. different stuff like that. So that's in the future as well. And getting okay. into some retail shops, that would be awesome. Yeah. All right. So the question I probably should have mm-hmm. started this whole conversation off yeah. with, how did you come up with the name Moss Tangle? 
Oh, that's a great question. So um, it's kind of a roundabout thing. Um, first of all, moss and moss tangle just kind of fits like a woodsy, uh, outdoorsy okay. feel. Uh, but it it was inspired by a story uh, written. Uh, it's actually a fairy tale written by George MacDonald. And um, he wrote... Did he have a farm? No, no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. George MacDonald was a Scottish uh, Victorian era fairy tale writer and so uh and he um wrote this story called the golden key and there's two characters in the story called uh one is mossy he's a a young a boy who is gonna find the golden key he he finds the golden key and he wants to know where it's gonna plug into and then you know what door it's gonna open and he meets a little girl on the in fairyland called tangle and so Between the two, it was just, I, I love the story and I love the, the symbolism in it of, you know, this idea that there's, there's another, uh, there's a place that, that we, this earth is a reflection of. And, okay. you know, and that kind of goes, that goes into a lot of stuff, but Mossy and Tangle and they have Moss Tangle. So that, All right. that's how it started. And that was what I used when I was, um, first doing like my photography stuff okay. probably 10 years ago. And so it, you know, I was, I Googled it and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I was like, it's a good one. So there you, there go. you go. All That's right. where that came from. So speaking of Google, mm-hmm. that's a great transition. Thank you oh, for yeah. handing You're that over welcome. to me. Where can people find you online and find out more about you? Okay. So I mostangle.com is my website. So very simple. And then also, uh, I'm on Instagram at Moss Tangle and Facebook, same thing at Moss Tangle. And, um, those are kind of the main, that's the main places where I show and, oh yeah. And YouTube, same thing. YouTube. Also Moss okay. Tangle. And so that's, so you, you, you know, you have a good, good name when you can have it on have it all everywhere. the channels. Yep. Have it everywhere. Yeah. So uh, it's all the channels. And you know, if I was going to do Twitter, it would be Moss Tangle as well, but not going there. You're not, <laughs> just, you're not going on Twitter. Well, you okay. know, there's Twitter, there's TikTok, there's Facebook, oh, there's you just you know, and that's a big that's actually a really good piece of advice for people who are trying to do like a start their little art business, wood burning, whatever. Just pick like two channels. <laughs> you know, I mean, besides your website, of course, or whatever, pick a two or three and don't try to spread yourself too thin because you know, as much fun it is as it is to kind of delve into all those things. It's just a lot of work. It'll suck your time away. It it is a lot of work. (laughs) My get out of jail free card. I I wrap up every Mm -hmm. episode with this. So if you've listened to any, you know what's coming. Mm -hmm. What didn't I ask you that I should have? Okay. Well, I, you asked all kinds of great questions. I do want, I, I think that with uh, my big vision mission, idea with Moss Tangle is, um, yeah, it's to make great art. And I love doing that. But what I really want to do is I want people to be able to experience just the creativity and the freedom that comes with getting over our hangups about what we can, what we can do and what we're capable of. Um, everybody has some I mean, there's people will disagree with this. And yes, there's varying levels of creativity, but everybody has some, right? Because mm-hmm. we're made, I feel like we're created 
to be creative, right? And to make okay. things or to come up with ideas or something. And so even if it's, this is what I teach in my classes, there's no mistakes and um, you learn how to not get, try to let go of some of that perfectionism that we have, because I think that's what people okay. are afraid of when they want to be creative. Well, they're like, well, I can't, I want to be creative like you. I want to, you know, draw that picture or paint that painting. And they're to, to say, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to do that, but there's something I can do. Then those would be, that would be, I feel like it was a success. So even if you say, oh yeah, wood burning's not for me, but it was fun to, you know, let loose and make some mistakes and mm -hmm. be okay with it, then, then I've succeeded as a teacher. So those are, that's probably the big, probably the big thing for me. That's important. Well, I think, I think unfortunately so many of us, we look at somebody and no matter what endeavor it is, whether it be, mm -hmm. you know, wood burning, mm -hmm. right. playing, playing a guitar, yeah. brewing coffee mm -hmm. and go, I want to do it like that totally discounting the fact that that person's that's doing whatever that is, has been doing it for a period of time, has been practicing it, has been true. educating themselves mm -hmm. and has made a ton of mistakes along the way. Yeah, it's true. A ton of mm -hmm. them. Um, and so mm -hmm. I think we were too quick to say, I can't do something right. when we need to probably be a little kinder to ourselves and give ourselves a little bit of, of grace and say, yeah. well, I might not be doing it very well right now, but if I'm right. really into it, I will get better. Right. And you know, so many people just throw, I can't do this. And they walk away and right. don't ever, I've, I've had, they don't ever give it a try. I've had one student in one class, um, say have partway through just like, this isn't for me. I'm not doing this, you know, otherwise, <laughs> even the ones who are, aren't super excited about what they make, um, they still, everyone else has been, this was fun. This was relaxing. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel pressured. I didn't feel, and that's, that's my goal, right? To right, make sure right. that you come away just saying this was fun. This, I had a good time and I feel more relaxed or, um, and I've had, but most of the time what people do is they start out with, Oh, right. Yeah, sure. And they end the project and they'll hold it up and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, look what I just made. And they are excited and they love it. And maybe they won't ever do wood burning again, but to have that little, that little burst of energy and, and excitement that comes from accomplishing something. And so maybe I boosted them on their way to like go home and pick up those charcoal pencils they, they used to be into and weren't, you know, whatever. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. Just, I think sometimes, yeah, I, I absolutely, I agree a hundred percent with you. So yeah. I, I just want to thank you for, for taking the oh, time yeah. today to uh, have a cup of coffee with me yeah. and um, talk about what you're doing. And I encourage everyone to check it out at mostangle.com and we'll put a link in the show notes so awesome. that they can, don't have to remember that, but we'll, we'll make it easy yeah, for yeah. people. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a blast. Thank you. I had a good time. All right. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. We're going to start over because I already messed that up and I can. All right, Todd, cut that.
I mean it, Todd. Cut it.